welcome to the Sonic Shuffle, a holistic and wholesome approach to recapping and going through all Sonic lore. I am one of your students, Devin. I am the other student, Morg. And I'm the teacher, Dan. And this week we are going through the rest of the Sonic... Is it the comic or should we say like the intro uh we're finishing up stay sonic stay uh, sonic the the uk lore book that 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 was basically all about uk sonic um we are on the last chapter but it's a bit of a long chapter because it's it's the zone zone it's we're going to the zone zone it's it's the lore about all the zones and, and like, yeah, about what zones are, how they work, and, and like, just every single zone in the first two Sonic games. How um, do they work? Yeah, I, excuse I think me. it varies from continuity to continuity. I think, generally speaking, zone is just like, a name for a place within a place place on the world. But, like, in some things, and I think maybe this one, like, the zones are, are like, pocket dimensions. But I'm not 100% sure. It might just be places. Hmm. Uh, so, why don't we find out with the zone zone? Mobius has many zones, some of them still undiscovered. Here is a level-by-level -level guide to some of those we know about. What they look like and how they got used- how they used to look before Robotnik got his eggy hands on them. Eggy? <laughs> He's very eggy. Once a smart, hip place to hang out, Mobius has suffered immensely at the puffy hands of Robotnik. His redevelopment plan for many of its zones, all completed without planning permission, naturally, left it disfigured and dangerously unsafe. The result- he's puffy hands? Yeah, he's got puffy hands. Cause he's Is he allergic? <laughs> Maybe. I could- I could- He's such an absurd villain that maybe he's allergic to nature <laughs> in general. He just hates nature so much- he became, or maybe that's why he hates it so much. Yeah, as someone who's, like, deeply allergic to, like, grass and, like, flower pollen, man, I can relate. I can relate <laughs> feeling awful going outside. Would you make, would you make a robotic empire so you wouldn't have to deal with that? <laughs> no, I just pop Zyrtec. <laughs> the result was to turn one of the Cosmoverse's coolest spots into a total no-go area. Unless you're the sort of hardy outdoor type who relishes the challenge of rock-hopping lava pools, examining deviant flora and fauna while dodging giant spikes. Robotnik left his diseased imagination run riot and turned many zones into hellholes, worse than a timeshare on Grade 1 Penal Planet. Or a Grade 1 Penal Planet. Oh. Oh, you mean Australia? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> We got jokes. Nah. Hmm. Uh, in Sonic 1, 
Robotnik and Sonic battled it out in six of Mobius's better-known spots, beginning with what was originally their home patch, the Green Hill Zone. Robotnik's early efforts now seem half-hearted by his usual despicable standards, extending only to boring through the hillsides, weakening many cliff edges so they crumbled away without warning, or installing rotating spiked tree trunks. Subsequently, his work on areas like the Marble Zone, to which he imported a job lot of dungeon equipment, and the Starlight Zone, to which he brought his newfound love of pollution and industrialized blight, demonstrated that Robotnik was a force to be reckoned with. I am glad that they are literally describing stage hazards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they have a picture of the game in here, too. Yeah. So, too, was Sonic, and his erstwhile mentor seriously underestimated the skill and determination of the supersonic hero. Consequently, Robotnik never got to fulfill his warped plan, and normal service was resumed. Or so everyone thought. Dun dun oh, dun. No. Revenge is discreet. After Sonic foiled Robotnik's warped master plan, control Mobius and destroy him, the planet returned to relative normality. The zones were reconstructed, and the minefield of traps and hazards was cleared. Sonic was reunited with his friends and rapidly returned to his old habits, nosing around, messing about, and playing practical jokes. Uh, he even found a new friend in Tails. <laughs> They're just describing the next game. Everyone thought the ordeal was over, but Robotnik was still at large. Things, however, did go quiet for a while, but it was only the calm before the storm. Everyone, Sonic included, was lulled into a false sense of security. Robotnik had merely gone to ground to plot his revenge. Working behind the scenes with his vast fortune... Vast? Oh, right. Is he... He has the rich family, right? I guess. What? I... Robotnik has a vast fortune. I... Yeah. I don't remember that, but I also... Like, I mean, he... Was, like, a famous science guy. Is Robotnik? And, like... Is Robotnik just that world's version of Elon Musk? Oh, my God. I mean, a lot of... Uh, you know? You know? Uh, uh, y- you know? There is... There is, Robotnik, like... <laughs> Robotnik definitely... Yeah, Robotnik definitely... Has hair plugs, so mm. I think that's just true. I mean, yeah. does that also make uh, <laughs> Tony Stark the Eggman of Marvel? Oh, most definitely. Since people always, yeah, people always compare Elon to. Him oh, yeah, most definitely. Is. Tony Stark is the Eggman of the Marvel yeah. universe. That is a fact. Yes, but who is the Sonic? Oh. Hmm. I'm not going to say Captain America because he's a boot, so. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Something to ponder. Yeah, these will be things to think about later. Hmm. It, listeners, if you know if <laughs> uh, what the Sonic of the Marvel Universe is to, then message us. I'd love to hear more, especially if any of Iron Man's enemies are eco-terrorist uh, with super speed or something like that. Yeah. 
I, uh, <laughs> I haven't watched enough Marvel to know, and I never will. <laughs> I've seen the trilogy of the Iron Man movies. I don't think there were any eco-terrorists. There was, there was an evil CEO mentor. There was a, there was a different evil CEO who was at, like Tony, but worse. And that there was, oh, I can't remember. And the third one was like, oh, wait, they're all evil CEOs. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder if there's there a theme. There to be a pattern. It's fast. Working behind the scenes was his vast fortune. He began infiltrating the infrastructure of Mobius, gaining control of entire cities and factories for his own ends. Then the disappearances began. At first, there were so few that no one noticed, but they spread. Soon, more and more familiar faces had gone mysteriously missing. Then came the rumors, fueled by Robotnik's propaganda apparatus, that a deadly virus was loose. Animals were being sucked into space by a giant tractor beam, and there had been an outbreak of spontaneous molecular combustion. What? Okay, so Robotnik has propaganda. This is... I think this is actually technically he has. I, uh, I mean... He, Robotnik did a psyop. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't believe Eggman rigged the election. I would just simply vote him out. (laughs) Don't forget to vote out Eggman. (laughs) For more years of Eggman. God. You know... Eggman sounds like a dumb nickname the libs would come up with for fucking <laughs> Trump. So let's be real. Reminds me of a certain Eggman. I would enjoy a hypothetical story where Eggman runs for president <laughs> against the the SA2 president who has a framed photo of Sonic and Shadow. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that he's best friends with Sonic and Shadow. I would love to hear the campaign speeches of, this guy is friends with Sonic. Do you want him in the White House? (laughs) This guy is disgusting. Uh, So. uh, So we just like scooted over the spontaneous molecular combustions that some people would just, you know, contract. Uh. So some people just catch on fire and it's all right. Uh yeah. <laughs> Nick, it, it actually happens. it was far worse though. The truth. Says, yeah, the truth was far so worse. <laughs> Robotnik had begun work on his most pow- most devious creation yet, the Death Egg, a powerful device capable of destruction and apocalyptic of apocalyptic proportions. This is this is also game canon. Like he, the, this is. I think this is the first time we've discussed the Death Egg. Well, besides like that one mentioned in the OKKO episode, but whatever. Um, this is just straight up stuff from Sonic Two. Uh, that just sounds like Death Star stuff. Yeah, it is the Death Star. It's 
It's a Death Star that's shaped like Dr. Robotnik's head. Incredible. Yeah. I think UK in UK lore, it's more one that looks like an egg because I, for whatever reason, they didn't have like a photo of the death egg. Um, but anyways, he was abducting vast numbers of animals to, to work on its construction in an underground factory. Robot hit squads were sent out at night to snatch animals who were then drugged and transported to his factory. Oh my lord. Robotnik? Robotic death squads. Robotnik has a secret police. Fucking crazy. There, neurological implants were inserted into their brains, which turned them into automatons. Uh (laughs) We're not there yet. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) He had also not forgotten the damage Sonic had inflicted on his plans last time, so he had constructed another set of zones, which he placed between himself and the super-fast hedgehog. Never one to admit he was wrong, he gave many of them similar scenes to the zones he had constructed in Sonic 1. <laughs> I love that. That's why. <laughs> you can do it again. There's similar zones. You can do it again. As an extra incentive to, to lure Sonic into his clutches, he sealed many of the supersonic hedgehog's friends in prison eggs, which he carefully situated at the end of each zone. The demented prof also customized the egomatic, adding a new. I like. S- yeah, I like how um, backhanded saying it's very cl- like which he cleverly situated at the end of each zone. Oh yeah, just feels very backhanded <laughs> to it, me. Yeah, it's he. They're describing more game mechanics. <laughs> they're sitting yeah. here like it's almost like a video game. Damn, Damn, who would have thought? The the Demented Prof also customized the Egomatic, adding a new set of weapons. Monitor, monitoring his progress through the zones, he was now able to swoop into the attack the moment Sonic looked like rescuing his pals. As ever, Mobius's only hope of a return to normal service lay with Sonic. Excuse me. It's pretty daunting to realize that the future of an entire world and that of all your friends, lies with you. Imagine being asked to save the rainforest before breakfast. But Sonic wasn't the sort to be phased by such minor considerations, and he had, st- and he still had the rings to provide some protection. Sonic, please save our burning fucking coast. Don't worry, I already had my peach rings. I'll be fine. <laughs> um... Demented Prof. I wonder what he was a professor of robotics. I oh, guess. they said it. They said it before. Let me. He has like a shit ton of PhDs. When we... oh, that's right. I hope it's in the social sciences. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm just gonna real quick scroll back up to uh, the Eggman section. Uh, let's see. Just to remind everyone, uh, he, let's see, da, da, da. it, huh, obtain every, 
Robotnik went on to obtain every advanced scientific qualification possible from all 11 universities on Mobius. Okay, oh. but you know this dude, you know this dude would not consider, like, he's the type of guy who wouldn't consider social sciences as real sciences. He's like, hard science only. He'd be like, only natural sciences, only hard sciences. You know? He just seems like that kind of guy. Would Robotnik be one of those annoying-ass business majors? Uh, I think Robotnik is firm STEM major. Uh, he's uh, a firm annoying... But, like, an annoying like STEM Like, an incredibly major. annoying you know? STEM major. Like, yeah. as... Like, I went to school with a lot of people like that. As a STEM major, like, you just run into people who are like, I don't want to do essays. I only want to do math. It's like chill, <laughs> and then like it's another. It's one thing to be like that. It's another thing to be like I'm just not good at writing essays. That's fine, or not liking it. But like, if you just, I feel like there's people where their personality is to complain about that, you know, and that's what I don't like. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Moving on, we can move past my gripes with my nature. <laughs> Okay, so... Sonic wasn't the sort to be phased by such minor considerations. And he still had the rings to provide some protection. Uh, ring leader. When Robotnik... Boo. Or Kentibors, if we're being precise with our timescale, R-O-C-C blew its top. That's the, uh... That's the thing that, that happens in the Sonic Bible. Uh, the... It has all the, like, yeah, Chaos the... Emeralds. Yeah, it had all the Chaos Emeralds, and, like, it, I think it, like, turned him, it, it turned, it fused him with an egg to turn him into Eggman. Uh, it made him evil, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the side effects of the eruption was to launch more gold rings into the atmosphere than an explosion in a jeweler's shop. Even a scientific slaphead like Robotnik will concede that what goes up must come down, and down they came. All over Mobius. Uh, hmm. It didn't take long for Sonic to discover that they offered some protection from the downright antisocial traps that Robotnik had devised to try and bring about his untimely end. Describing them as antisocial is very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a weird way to describe traps that are meant to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very social of you to stab me. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Just congrats. Back when Kintabur was still a sane, genial scientist with the noble plan of ridding Mobius of evil, quote, that pathetic creep of an inventor do-gooder, end quote, as Robotnik now refers to him, he had installed a network of PCs all over Mobius in the hopes that like-minded citizens could enter information as to the whereabouts of the Grey Emerald. Up to the tragic moment when the ROCC went into meltdown and Kintabor's sanity logged off permanently, it... Boo! <laughs> uh, it, has, it has to be said that the PCs hadn't been much of an extraordinary success. Perhaps it was asking too much, but all that had been entered on the hundreds of machines scattered about the place with a stream of abusive messages, <laughs> offensive poetry, and strongly worded letters to the Mobian Daily Herald. Others, <laughs> others thought oh. that... 
Yeah. He made the internet to find out where the Grey Emerald was. Oh and god. all he got was a YouTube combat session. Oh my god. I can't believe... He was evil before he was even Robotnik. He made the internet real. <laughs> Others thought that they were bank credit points, uh, local information guides, or quiz machines. However, after the rings came down to Earth, Sonic discovered that the PCs had altered their makeup too. By an intricate molecular process far too complex to discuss here without going into immense detail, the PCs had absorbed some of the rings, while others had gained even more useful powers, offering shields, power-ups for his trainers, and invincibility boosts when he most needed them. Uh, they could be accessed simply by jumping up and down on them, which, you have to admit, beats using a password any day. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, these PCs were only a minor source of comfort when Sonic began his second quest. He soon realized what he had let himself in for, a potential one-way trip through some of the most hostile environments known to man or hog. But then, Sonic had to do it to get the Chaos Emeralds and to save Mobius. Quit talking about your hog, Sonic. Uh, Emerald Hill Zone. Not many would positively enjoy turning a peaceful, laid-back beauty spot into a lethal danger zone. But then, we're not dealing with a normal person here. Robotnik is a grade-A fruitcake, and he is out to get Sonic. The Emerald Hill hey. Zone... Yeah. As a fruitcake. Yeah. I resent that. <laughs> uh, the Emerald Hill Zone was once a tropical bay near the equator of Mobius, a tranquil haven unblemished by the sort of ugly features associated with Earth's resorts, like sprawling hotel developments, fun fairs, and beaches packed full of tourists exposing themselves. Oh? Uh, yeah. Uh, Sounds like uh, Emerald Hill Zone used to be an anti-capitalist paradise. Yeah. Although, also exposing them. Oh, like, bathing food stuff. Okay. Yeah. I was like, were they naked? What? <laughs> On the surface, little had changed. The Emerald Hill Zone was too neat a place for even Robotnik to ruin. It retained much of its finest features, including its lush palms, plateaus, ocean views, and waterfalls. True, one or two unpleasant additions had materialized, but nothing likely to trouble a hedgehog capable of traveling at the, the speed of sound. Least of all, the lame badniks that now populated the place lobbing coconuts about. In reality, Robotnik didn't excel himself by his own vile standards. Sonic didn't even have to pause for breath when he encountered its hazards. So he just dropped off his weird pets and said, have fun, kids? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Robotnik, like, Robotnik... Go to the beach! His, Robotnik just took his kids to the beach. Sonic didn't even have to pause for breath when he encountered its hazards. But by then, Reality and Robotnik were no longer on speaking terms. Chemical Plant Zone The Chemical Plant Zone is a quintessential piece of Robotnik dirty dealing. In a secret factory he acquired, a scuzzhole of the highest order, he began researching to a deadly toxic chemical, which he could employ on Sonic. 
Scuzzhole. Scuzzhole is fun. It's a fun word. Naturally, he started with the most smelly egg-based substances he could produce. Putrid hydrogen sulfide compounds which smelt so good to him, though, that he curtailed this avenue of research, unable to believe that anyone else would be remotely harmed by them. Instead, he began to toy with the most vitriolic ingredients, combining unstable substances until he struck on something utterly disgusting. Megalomalatrous carbosonic chloride, which he marketed as Megamac. TM. Megamac TM. Uh, This glutinous pink liquid proved to be satisfyingly lethal in tests he carried out. Anything immersed in it went from a grisly magenta color and died within a minute. One property he didn't bargain on was its powerful corrosiveness, which he discovered by chance when some barrels he filled with Megamac, trademark, disintegrated within hours. Never one to waste an opportunity, he seized on the idea of flooding part of the factory with it. After all, the place had served its purpose, and installing a prison egg full of Sonic's friends on a platform just over the putrid pink liquid? Naturally, the tiles of of the platform disappear the moment anyone steps on them. Truly criminal genius. So Eggman commit war crime? Yep. Of course. Uh, Always. He's constantly committing war crimes. He's so quirky. Oh, also, let us know if you want, like, one of us to take over reading yeah. or something. No, I'm having fun. Hell uh, yeah. Aquatic Ruin Zone. In the past, Mobius had been populated by some great civilizations, but there were some which had never made it off the ground. For example, the original inhabitants of the Marble Zone who built a city on an unstable volcanic surface. I like the idea that Atlantis actually is in Mobius. That's my conspiracy. When this race began to lose entire cities to lava pools, they gave up on trying to construct there. Moving on to what they assumed was a more suitable location to build on. But bad luck struck again. They had chosen an area short distance away from the coast. An unexpected shift in the landmass saw the zone drop 50 meters, whereupon it was instantly submerged, drowning everyone. An underwater labyrinth of excavations was left, with only carvings in some of the stones as proof that they had been there at all. Huh. Okay, yeah, there are, like, several stages in 1 and 2 that look like, like, ancient ruins or whatnot, like, Marble Zone has got, like, all this Greek architecture... The land still changes height unexpectedly, exposing parts of the excavations without warning. Its shifting water table and unpredictable currents make it a dangerous place, fit only for fish. The arrival of Robotnik on the scene transformed it into an undersea booby trap that pushed even Sonic to the limit. Fortunately, he had taken the time to listen to the advice of Joe Sushi and Tiki the Penguin, which gives him an edge as he explores the vast sunken passages. But not even Sonic can hold his breath forever, so it's fortunate that air bubbles trapped by the shifting water table escape from the cracks on the seafloor at regular intervals. Uh, More game mechanics. Given the dangers that already existed, 
Robotnik didn't have to exercise his imagination too much. Sinking the inevitable spikes into the walls, often where the currents were strongest, he also tampered with aquatic life by heavily mechanizing the schools of fish, excuse me, fish and crustaceans, which inhabited the ruins. Anyone taking a swim around there was likely to find themselves on the menu of a metal piranha. Damn. I love Joe Sushi. There's a picture of Joe Sushi. Joe Sushi is an absolute fantastic name. (laughs) Yeah. Casino Night Zone. Mobius's largest city, Robotropolis, sits at the foot of a range of mountains. On its outer fringe lies a sprawling amusement zone of circuses, funfairs, and coin-op centers, all filled with the most breathtakingly and state-of-the-art attractions available. Sky trapeze axe, 4D spin fighter, neural ice collages, a warp brain centrifuge, blowback tables, etc. Back when Robotnik was Kintabor, he contributed some games to the amusement zone. Uh, machines he had put together for his own entertainment. One of his greatest passions was inventing new angles on, on an ancient concept called pinball. He'd spend hours of his time constructing two or three tier tables with amazing features. Sonic 2 liked to spend time down there testing his peerless gaming skills against the vast array of machines available. Naturally, this all came to a grinding halt when Robotnik's elevator ceased to stop at the top floor. Then he had time for two things and two things only. Extending his control over Mobius and spiking Sonic for good. Wait, what is uh, Robotnik's elevator cease to stop at the top floor? Uh, oh, it means when he turned evil, I guess. That's a weird metaphor. Yeah. They're really reaching for metaphors to say he turned evil. That he went evil. Yeah. Uh, as he set about his tasteless transformation of Mobius, his attention span soon turned to Casino Night Zone. The mad prof liked to gamble especially when the odds were stacked in his favor. So he decided to turn his to work where his black magic... T- Sorry, let me rephrase that. Uh, the mad prof liked to gamble, especially when the odds were stacked in his favor. So he decided to work his black magic on the place. Also turning it into a death trap suited for Robotnik for two reasons. Uh, one, he knew Sonic liked to go there. And furthermore... I guess two. I I don't know why I threw in the one there. <clears throat> he he knew Sonic liked to go there, and furthermore, the area stood for the one thing he couldn't stand. Fun. 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 <laughs> Isn't Sonic Pinball a thing? Yeah. Well, uh, there's a game called Sonic Spinball. I He is a gamer. Yeah. He's going to hell, then. Sonic is a gamer, and Eggman despises gamers. The thought of anyone actually enjoying themselves sent him into a frenzy of rage, and he was determined to make sure that no one in their right mind would want to go there. Naturally, he dropped in regularly himself. Uh, the happy picture... <laughs> the happy picture that developed in Robotnik's twisted head was one in which Sonic became a spiky blue pinball being ricocheted off the bumpers or slid off the chutes he constructed in 
to one of the lethal traps he conveniently scattered around. His reconstruction of the Casino Night Zone was the work of a man whose brain was permanently on tilt. Hill, <laughs> hilltop Zone. One aspect like of... What? Tilt-top zone? No, I just said more like tilt-top zone. Like, tilt. It was a stretch. <laughs> uh, one aspect of the varied geography of Mobius is its impressive range of mountains, whose peaks often poke through the planet's low cloud base. The understated hilltop zone features among some of the planet's most spectacular, a collection of tabletop plateaus, punctuated by huge gorges through which large rivers flow. They make for an impressive sight, even more so since many of the rocks are honeycombed with tunnels and chambers. If Mobius was the kind of place which attracted tourists, which it isn't for obvious reasons, then this would top most itineraries. It was just the sort of place that appealed to Sonic's exploratory instincts, vast, uncharted, and deserted. It was also pretty dangerous, too unstable, and prone to sudden earthquakes, capable of filling up the huge subterranean chambers with lava. All Robotnik needed to do in a place like the Hilltop Zone was bait the trap and lure Sonic into the most volatile spots. Securing his friends underground in constant danger served that purpose. All that remained was to tamper with the rope platforms and mine some of the chambers to encourage tremors, and the job looked to be done. I love how this isn't making this sound like he's changing zones that Sonic needs to go to to get to him. He's just changing zones that Sonic just likes to visit sometimes. Like he's just yeah. like, he's just like, oh, I'll change the arcade into an evil casino. I'll change the nice little mountain that Sonic likes to go to into an evil lava lair. <laughs> he's just like he's like you know those places Sonic likes to hang out they're evil now I hate you <laughs> fuck you Sonic <laughs> he's like fuck you and fuck your favorite places to go I'll use the baguettes dude <laughs> mystic cave zone no one has ever been able to explain the origins of the ivy covered mystic cave zone which is lit only by the flickering insect inhabitants. What is known for certain is that the area has existed almost unchanged for hundreds of years, and it looks just as it did then. Uh, but how it came to exist in its present state has never been resolved by the large number of scientists who have spent years analyzing samples and studying theories. At one point, a reward was offered, and a title for science for a scientifically provable solution as to how it evolved. Inspired by the mystery, Kentobor invested much of his time trying to prove his own theory that the first Mobian civilization begun in this region. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. He asked Sonic to explore the zone and use the Hedgehog's findings to propose that a group of natives had joined together to form the first race. Uh... What? Oh? Uh... Uh... Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, cool, uh, Mobian anthropology, but this seems weird. Whatever. <laughs> uh, they were intelligent and had the means to make fire, using it to create the lanterns which, with which they lit the gloom. Nobody believed them. However, he was convinced he was correct. Deep in his subconscious, Kintabur harbored a grudge. 
This was unleashed when his personality inverted. He returned to the zone, preparing it for Sonic. Uh, Robotnik took into consideration that Sonic knew the spot well, and assumed that he'd be unprepared for the hazards that he placed for him, at su such as spiked brick walls, which m materialized out of nowhere. He, con he considered, with typically grim irony, that Sonic's disappearance would come to be as big a mystery as the zone. Uh, oil, or sorry, it hang on. This is Ocean Oil Zone. It's it's Oil yeah. Ocean Zone. That's what it's called in the game. Oh yeah, no wonder you like we're gonna say it like that. I wonder why it's called. Hmm. I guess they just typed it's flipped around. Maybe they just got a mistake. I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna call it Oil Ocean Zone. Way up in Mobius' northern hemisphere, there's an island which was once part of a failed economic experiment. Financed largely by a neighboring planet, it was intended to drill for oil which existed in vast quantities in the area. Planning... <laughs> Planning permission... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Planning permission was granted after some dubious dealings and generous deposits in the favor bank. Construction work began immediately, and within months, a huge refinery was taking ugly shape with warehouses, rigs, and platforms, and giant tanks sprawling across a huge area. Boreholes were sunk, and oil was already being extracted when Moby and environmentalists, aided by the genius of Dr. Ivo Kintobor, saved the day at the last minute. Hey! Protests! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Protests had been raised as soon as the plans for the industrial development became known. After extensive research through historical records, Kentibor was able to prove that the site contravened several Mobian laws concerning the sale of planetary resources to other worlds. After a swift court battle, the industrialists admitted defeat and retired, leaving a large, half-finished industrial area behind. Roads were closed, and the area remained untouched and totally disused. Hmm. Okay. Um... Despite trading in his lab coat for a straitjacket, Robotnik's memory was still remarkably intact. The zone leapt to his warped mind when he set about transforming Mobius into a giant death trap for his own ends. He rerouted the walkways of the refinery, creating disappearing floors and stairways, and stationed giant propellers to blast Sonic into well-positioned hazards. He also sabotaged the network of pipes used to carry the oil so that they pumped crude oil straight out into the ocean or into the open, causing a giant slick. It was in, it was environmental vandalism on a grand scale, and it became Robotnik's distorted masterpiece. I like that he like tried to close it and now he's like it's mine now. This is some lore. Uh Metropolis Zone. Having converted to a direct opposite of himself, Kintobor developed a loathing of open spaces, natural scenery, unspoilt countryside, and anyone who tried to protect it or live in it. His idea of an arresting view consists of sites like a six-lane motorway under construction, building sites, slum tenements, scaffolding, and a factory belching black fumes into, into the sky. Accordingly, he felt most at home 
amongst the smog and high-rises of a city of Robotropolis, a sprawling urban development that Robotnik chose as his capital. He used the enormous wealth he had accrued and the threat of extreme violence to buy power and influence. Anyone who opposed him disappeared in the night and ended up on hard at work on the Death Egg. Retreating to the most low-rent, down-at-heel area he could find, he set up his HQ to direct operations against Sonic. Based in a disused warehouse, he set about constructing a set of hazards, a major feat of engineering. Uh, using drawings he had made years previously for a mega-powered engine, he linked hundreds of pistons, cogs, and revolving cylinders in tandem to mash and pulp anything that came into contact with them. Ja- Giant nuts and bolts held whole platforms together, populated by badniks in overwhelming numbers. Robotnik, we don't need to hear about your giant nuts. (laughs) The idea was that many hazards would pulverize Sonic if he ever made it that far. Not that Robotnik ever expected him to. But then that was his mistake. Robotnik never expected to fail twice. It was inconceivable that Sonic could ruin his master plan, but after the first encounter, a seed of doubt remained somewhere at the back of his mind, which is why he built the Flying Fortress, stationed in orbit over Mobius. The Sky Fortress represented Robotnik's last route of escape, but it was just a precaution, really. He never genuinely need to use the transporter to flee, because he was a genius, and Sonic would never beat him. Right? You know? If you're bad at the game, you won't. (laughs) Sayonara, Sonic. Sayonara, Sonic. Sayonara, Sonic. Way to go, Blue Boy. That's the story so far. Sonic may have defeated Robotnik in Sonic 2, but we've a nasty feeling the the psychotic prof will soon be back. Whatever, Sonic will be ready, no matter what the Dottie Doc dreams up. In the meantime, old Blue Spikes can just chill out, munch nachos and fries, speed around Mobius, and generally be one-hip dude hedgehog. But what of the future? Who cares, says Sonic. When you're as fast as I am, you're practically here already. And once you got... Let me retry that. When you're as fast as I am, you're practically there already. And once you've got there, it's time to move on. Sayonara, Sonic. And that's the end of the book. So, I haven't played Sonic 2. Do they ever save the animals that are automatons working on the Death Egg, or do they just ignore that? Yeah, that's... Whenever you, like, smash an enemy, they turn it... Whenever you, like... Like, whenever you, like, jump on an enemy, they turn into a flicky... Uh, at the end of every level, there's, like, this big, or at the end of every act, there's this big, like, capsule, and when you jump on it, a bunch okay. of flickies come out. I was like, I really hope they just don't forget about, like, the Death Egg and all those who are working on it. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Uh... Actually, the Death Egg in Sonic 2 is, like, you don't actually explore the Death Egg proper. It's, like, one room with a really cool theme, then two boss fights. 
Sonic 3 has you, like, exploring it more thoroughly, but this is, like, a reconstructed uh. Death Egg. I'm... There's an ad in here for the adventure game books, and I am still disappointed that it is impossible to find them online. Unless I want to pay, like, a shitload of money for them. Yeah, no for that. Boo. But yeah, uh, this had, like, a bunch of, like, UK people writing it. Uh, I wonder, were they people that worked on the comic later? Uh, yeah, I recognize some of these names, like Tony Takushi, I think James Wallace also. These are, like, people who were writing the UK comic. Gotcha. Uh, Can't wait to start the UK comic. Comic. <laughs> my god comic <laughs> next time yeah uh i'm gonna have to like reread like up to a certain point just to like figure out what's worth talking about and what isn't because there's like there's a bunch of so the early like the first year or so of the comic is like mostly just one-off stories that either aren't worth discussing or like or just don't really have like any plot stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. I'll I'll talk about the important ones and the interesting ones. There's like a bunch that were written by Mark Miller, but also they're very disappointingly boring. They're they're just very generic Who? Sonic comics. Who's Mark Miller? Uh, Mark Miller is this was this comic guy who is. Famous in the Dark Ages. He, like, made Cable. Uh, oh, okay. He's famous for his, for his like, bad art that featured, like, lots of pouches. Never, oh, like, drawing Oh, yeah, I think uh, I know this dude's art. It's wild. <laughs> I think that wraps things up for now. If no one has anyone yeah. else to say. Uh, nope. I, I think yeah. we can move yeah. on to questions, probably. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to give us questions, you can either give them to us on the Twitter when we ask for them for the show, or earlier when we ask for them in Ask Zone on our Discord. Yeah. And you can also email us, too, but I never remember the email. <laughs> uh, I think... It's right here. It's Sonic Shufflecast Gmail. You know? Yes, there. I'm just gonna check that real quick. Uh, hmm. Loading Gmail. Uh, come on. Gmail's having some issues here. Why is Gmail loading fully? Okay, Gmail isn't working right now, so never mind. It's causing problems. Um, uh, so in that case, we have we'll, yeah one on Twitter. Yeah, we have one question, and then a bunch in the ask zone. Yeah, Jasmine Marsh at Pidmon asks: Is there a comic canon example of the drowning music? What instruments would Banjo Core Sonic play if he was a Harthian in the Outer Wilds? Same for Tails and Eggman. What? Okay. <laughs> Uh, I've never played Outer Wilds. Uh, also, a comic 
I was going to say a comic doesn't have music, but then there's, like, an argument whether, like, not to bring it up, but it, there's an argument whether, like, Homestuck's a comic or not, and that is music, so. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if there's, if the drowning music ever comes up. Like, the drowning mechanic we did discuss, uh, Sonic can drown in the Mega Muck and in water, uh, I don't know if there's like any example of like actual music playing in the comic, but you could fill it in in your head. I... It's not like it's not like um, Sonic Underground where they're like in a band <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I have not played the Outer Wilds. Uh, I guess, are you, what would, what I, you, like I said, I haven't either. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I can think of, um, I can, uh, I have a grasp of what a banjo core, what banjo core would be, uh, like, you know, like someone playing the banjo, obviously, it just like, kind of like folk music, things associated with, like, hillbillies. You know, like, playing the... You know, the scratchy thing that people play? Yeah, the, the washboard. Actually... The washboard. Yeah. Tails would play like, a washboard. Oh, that'd be cute. I guess some... Um, I, guess... I wonder if he'd play it with his tails. <laughs> Sonic would... I mean, what is he... I don't know. He played the banjo. <laughs> I was because I was trying to think of what he played in like the Sonic Underground, and I was like, "Isn't it like guitar?" Or yeah, something? he played the guitar. So I, Sonya played the guitar, and Manic played the drums. He could just play guitar. <laughs> yeah, or he could play banjo. Uh, Tr- trumpet I, Eggman. Yeah, sure. I don't know why <laughs> I just picked an instrument. Sorry we couldn't really answer your question, but but that's just how it be sometimes. I'm I'm sorry. There's uh, too many games in the world. Yeah. Uh James the Cat Girl asks on Discord, if Sonic was Isekai'd, what would the title of his light novel be? Ooh. Uh so I have been thinking about this one. So just some background. Uh, Sonic has been isekai'd multiple times. He has like been... Sonic X. Yeah. yeah. In Sonic X, he gets sent to the real world. It's a reverse isekai. Same with uh, ad- same with the 2020 movie. Uh, then there's like there's like the whole two worlds thing that that like hypothetically any game that has humans in it takes place in the human world, where any that doesn't takes place in Sonic's world. Uh, there's there's also a much more traditional isekai in Sonic and the Black Knight, where Sonic ends up in like a medieval storybook. Does that happen in Lost Rings too? Yeah, and Lost Rings too. Those are in both of those. He ends up in a storybook yeah. and has to get his way out. In Secret Rings, it was like Arabian Nights. 1001 Arabian Nights. Uh, for those of you who don't know what light novel titles are like, 
They are given... Light novels have very long titles explaining the premise in the most eye-catching way possible. Like, like, uh, I'm trapped in another world, but instead of going on adventures, I start up a pizza shop. Or, I'm in another world, but my mom is here too. And she has a multi-hit combo. I feel like the, the, what I, um, the first time I, like, actually heard these, uh, names were, uh, they were kind of parody ones. Not exactly, because they, they were definitely, like, still genuine. It was the ones where it's, like, I was turned into a cat girl, or I was, I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, it was kind of about, like, being trans and a cat girl. (laughs) And being like, why am I a girl? <laughs> oh, I am one. Whoops. I mean, a lot of those stories are at least intend to be comedic. So, like, that's part of the joke. Just giving them a weird title. But, uh, let's see. Let's, if Sonic were isekai'd into, to go with the usual isekai route, an RPG fantasy world, uh... It would probably be, like, sent to another world, but I'm Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm faster than any of the enemies. Hmm. Uh, I have, um, or he could be, I know sometimes these kind of things, you, like, end up in another body, too. Like, if you end up, like, dying and being reborn. Oh, yeah. So it's like... I was transported into a world where I became a slow, pale human and lost my speed and feel like I'm going to die and also might actually die. Sent to another world, but I've lost my sonic speeds. Sent to another world, but I'm not Sonic the Hedgehog anymore, but I'm still really powerful. So what if it was instead... Sonic was, like, a normal person in another world, and when he died, he became Sonic the Hedgehog. So it would be, like, sent to another world, and now I'm the world's fastest hedgehog. Or, there was this, like, DBZ fan comic where a guy got, where the guy got sent to another world... And he got reincarnated as Yamcha, and he just... Incredible. Like, changes the canon so he doesn't get fucked up and die. I'm really mad, I can't remember. Oh, here it is. Um, (laughs) My friends and I were granted three wishes by a cat goddess, and I swear I got distracted when my turn came around. It's it's not an isekai, but it still has that light novel, like, naming convention. Yeah. Flutterdark asks... Okay, I know zones make no sense in lore, but I gotta ask, who runs the casinos in the Casino Night Zone? And if you think it's Eggman, who else could run them? Also, what the flip is the chemical plant even producing? And a third question, this one is a bit more serious. Now that we are finally starting the comic proper, I assume, what are your predictions on the first actually crazy thing that happens in it? So, I'll start and let's go in order. Um... So, if we know who runs the casino... In UK lore, we know who runs the Casino Night Zones. It's Eggman, but as far as other people who run them, 
I know one of the early stories I've read does have something like that. Like, who runs the tables? <coughs> Maybe. Like, you know, the easy the easy go-to is, you know, like, one of his ugh, roboticized minions. But, like, which one? Yeah. Uh, Does he have a specific one that rolls? I mean, I can deals? see... Yeah. I could see a motobug just going around bussing drinks. Oh, most definitely. Are they all rigged? Like... Yeah, the house always wins. Yeah, yeah. Um... We know that the chemical plant is producing Mega Mac. Uh, yeah, war crimes. Yeah. It's uh, it could be producing a bunch of other stuff, too. I, that's, <laughs> it's producing also... the tubby custard. I No! Oh, no. <laughs> it's... <laughs> oh, no. Mega the Mac Teletubby is... custard. It's producing tubby custard. All I can think of is from that show. Like literally, the only thing I remember from Teletubbies is the vacuum, like vacuuming, with like the face and the eyes, like sucking up the custard that fell on the ground. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby son, of course. Yeah, I remember. I remember a, a surprising amount of details, but none of the actual episodes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think that show was just a bunch of nothing happening, but like, you remember the most random shit. I remember being like, very specifically scared of that show, and it is 100% because of the uh, the baby son. Oh yeah, the baby son is terrifying. <laughs> it's so scary. It's just like, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you can, like, cut this out if it's, like, too irrelevant, but I was in a D&D campaign where I could, like, make any weapon I wanted with one of my spells, and I made, a, like, a, a mace or a morning star or something with, like, the baby uh, face <laughs> sun as oh, the little yeah. ball. I, I, I am including that. I am absolutely Deals terror that. damage. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And the DM was like, why? I hate you so much, but okay. I was like, the weapon can look however I want it to. It's a a spell. It's got magic, baby. I can do what I want. And it, like, laughed the whole time. (laughs) Okay, uh... I actually know what the first actually crazy thing that happens in it is, and I, so, I don't want to reveal what it is because it's fucking weird, and also, I want to give a, this is a dark shout out to Sonic the Comic the Podcast, you said it wasn't weird, it was fucking weird, (laughs) you you gotta admit it, just because you, do they even listen to this? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> they said it wasn't uh, weird because it made sense in British culture and also that and also that it was weird but in a cool way so that made it not weird 
Well, guess what? None of us are British. Yeah. We're going to think Sonic, it's weird. All of Sonic is weird, and the sooner you learn that, the sooner you'll find peace with yourself. Sonic's kind of a weird thing. Like... I mean, it's about a hedgehog who wears shoes and is blue. How is it not weird? I assume it's like weirder than like comic or it's weirder than like funny cartoon weird based on how you reacted, though. Uh, So I assume maybe some kind of weird transformation sequence or like something. I don't know. I guess I don't know British culture enough to like pull something weird out of my ass. I'll tell you. Other than. That they a weird. Yeah. Oh no! I was I'll, just gonna. I'll tell Go you, ahead. there is a weird transformation sequence, but it is not the first actually crazy thing. Okay. Uh. uh I mean, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. There's all those weird, like, Sonic fan art stuff. So maybe it has to. Maybe it, like, lends credence to that being, like, a thing that exists, unfortunately. Uh, wait. What do you mean? Oh, like, transformate. Oh. Um, it doesn't happen like... I'll tell you this also. It doesn't happen like an Animorph book cover. It's not like an Animorph book cover. It's just... Okay, okay. there There is a weird bit of transformation that happens, and it is not the first really weird thing to happen. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't have guesses right now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what could be so weird, but also British. Will it come up in our first episode, or will it be a while? Um, I'll have to look through the episode. I'll have to look through the comics. It, it's like issue eight or ten or whatever. Actually, let me just open up Pocket Casts, because I can just look at the episode descriptions for Sonic the Comic the Podcast. It's cheating. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're a holistic podcast. They're doing just the comic. Yeah. And they're also doing more in another sense because they're gonna be covering they cover everything in the comic, from like the new from like the articles to the the other series. Like for us, I'm thinking we'll do Sonic, and if people are interested, maybe some other stuff. I definitely want to do to Cap Attack, because that was kind of a special thing for it, and, like, it was sort of the darling series of, uh, of lead writer Nigel Kitching. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said that. Yeah. yeah, I said that before recording. Um, let me just open up Sonic. Okay, I don't actually know which one it is. Uh, I'm j- But it's relatively early on. You'll know when you see the cover of it. Because it's on the cover. Uh, but anyways. Uh, yeah. Devin, do you have any theories? No, I truly cannot like think of something that would be crazy enough. But also would be described as it's just british culture so it's fine. Uh I will also say that it is british culture in like a way that like 
most Americans would not be familiar with. It's not like, like, and it's, it's a pop culture thing, but it's not like Doctor Who. That happens later. Oh, then I have truly no clue whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Unless they mentioned it on, like, Trash yeah. <laughs> podcast or something, I wouldn't know. Like, absolutely nothing. All right, then. <laughs> That I can't even our... think of anything. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that wraps up our questions. So I'm going to be rolling for next week. Uh, getting a list, getting the die, and rolling. Oh my god. What? We rolled for a game. Hey! Oh, nice. Which one? Uh, classic. Uh, we're, next week, we're going to be talking about the original Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. Hey! It's kind of funny that we just, like, finished off talking about zones. Because we'll be talking about zones. (laughs) I mean... That's all that game is, is zones. (laughs) Yeah, I thought... I did think that, uh... I did think Sonic 1 would... Er, that's not right. What I was... I... I forgot what I was going to say. Um... But yeah, I've been thinking in advance about how to discuss this. Uh, we're going to try to go go through a more abstract way, and now I remembered what I was going to say, which is, to my surprise, I thought it would be the zones from both games, but it's just... The zones from Sonic 2 in the book. Um, but anyways. Uh, yeah, we'll be going through uh, the original Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. And I have I, I plan to talk about it in a more abstract way. I'm taking inspiration from Book of Medora, an audio entropy podcast. Uh, I'll be looking through like different instruction manuals and like looking at the zones... So, yeah. And we'll have theories. Theories about what the plot would be if it existed. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, it sort of does in a very general, yeah. generous sense. I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. You can listen to my comedy blog, or sorry, you can, from there you can find my Twitter, you can find my art blog and my co-dash fee, where for as little as $3 you can commission something from me. Uh, you can find the other three podcasts I'm on, which are Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We are almost done with Duel Monsters. Uh, we might be taking a break because after finishing the main series, just cause two of our hosts are having like issues with being able to message in and also, also we just kind of want to take a break and we got to like prepare guests and so on and so forth. Uh, you can listen to Strangers Fiction and... An audio entropy podcast 
It's an actual play podcast, uh, for, mostly focused on one-shots, and uh, between you and me, we started the first session of a of a masks campaign that will go up when we finish playing through the campaign. You can listen to Disney Minus, a Disney podcast that that discusses uh, every movie in the Disney catalog. Uh, uh, the day after this goes up, uh, we'll ha- we'll be uploading our next episode, which is my favorite Martian, nineteen ninety nine, starring. Uh, how, why did I forget his name? Uh, starring Christopher Lloyd. Uh, and that's it. Uh, more. where can we find you? You can find me um, mostly on Twitter at Haunting the Morgue, Haunting the M-O-R-G. It's finally the season where my name's, like, relevant. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can... Also find me on my other podcast, uh, Departure Lounge, a Hunter x Hunter watch podcast. Rewatch for the other co-hosts, watch for the first time for me. Um, your favorite plane-based Hunter x Hunter podcast, uh, and you can also hear my beautiful voice on the first series of Wow, Cool Robot, um, a noise space podcast about Gundam. Um, that's it for now. But yeah. What about Devin? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Grooving Guestly, and you can find me on also a Hunter Hunter podcast. Not the same one as Morg. Um, <laughs> it is uh, Gone Will Hunting. Uh, we just put out our eighth episode. Um, it is talking all about the very bad crimes of the very bad clown Hisika. So go give it a listen because it's a doozy i hear he's a bad clown uh he is a very bad bad clown he's like if joker were canceled you know it's time i've been saying this it's time we cancel clowns Hmm. all right and you can find us on twitter at shuffle sonic you can from there, you can find the link to our email, shuffle so- er, Sonic Shufflecast at Gmail, and you can join our Discord, where you can you can talk. Uh, discussion is very there isn't a whole lot of discussion going on in there, uh, but if you join, you can you can send in questions whenever you feel like it in our ask zone. Also, sometimes you just want a slow Discord. I have too many active Discords. (laughs) I'm in too many Discords Um, and my brain can't handle it and I just kind of like shut down. Alright. And as always, Sonic is real, 
he is strong, and he is my friend. He's the only blue live that matters. The only one. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>